the NFHS Women's Leadership Family welcomes Cindy Adsit, Assistant Executive Director of the Washington Interscholastic Activities Association, to today's interview. Thank you so much for joining me for a Q&A session and a chance for our membership to get to know you. We're just going to jump in, Cindy. Let's get started. First question, what role did interscholastic sports and or activities play in your life growing up? Well, I grew up in small town, Montana. So being involved in as much as I could manage was very much a part of my identity. Um, I did have to work to help support the family. So I made a deal that I could take one season off to participate in a sport, which I did. How did you get your start in your career and how long have you been at the WIAA? Well, Dana, you're going to especially love this because I think you knew this, but I got in through the officiating side of things. Um, when I moved to Seattle for, for graduate school, I was initially hired by the Seattle Park Department because I knew how to officiate. And I worked there for nine years and worked all the state tournaments with the WIA, either keeping score, cleaning the locker room, escorting the teams, eventually worked up to officiating at state events happened to be at the office when we were planning our first statewide officials conference, which was in August, and a position that opened up here was really the right place at the right time, but it was all officiating that got me got me into it. Um, that was in August of 1987, and I'm still here. So I guess it stuck. <laughs> and I, I actually did not know that you came in through the officiating ranks. That's awesome. Oh, really? I yeah. I don't know how I didn't know that after all these years, but that's fantastic. So who is your inspiration? You know, I have to honestly say it is all the adults that I work with that are creating opportunities for kids. It's like they are so selfless and committed. So that would be all the coaches, administrators, um, officials, Everybody that's out there working to create the opportunities for kids. Um, I got to tell you, I watched a football game Friday night, game on the, the network. So there's no commentator. You can't see the scoreboard. You just see all these kids out there. And I was overwhelmed with the, the atmosphere and the thought of being a part of all of that for those kids. It was so great. It, you know, it's funny when you work at a state association, and I know I experienced it a lot when you would watch a game or be at a game and you realize this is what I do for a living. And you have that moment where you really do understand how, how special it is and how, you know, we're unknowingly impacting their lives. It's just a, it's such a cool feeling. I, I cherish that for sure. Have you had female mentors along your journey? And if so, how important has that been for you? Um, I'm probably tell you a little bit more on this than what you want to know initially, but uh, both my parents uh, tragically died before I turned four. And I was raised by my mother's mom, who had uh, married an abusive alcoholic at the age of 16. She had an eighth grade education, and she, after five kids, decided to divorce that, <clears throat> that alcoholic. Anyways... Her youngest two were 13 and 15 when she all of a sudden inherited a four-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old. So she was my inspiration for years, how to make things work, how did she manage all of that, 
by herself, put a high value on education, taught me I could do anything. Um, and my great-grandmother lived across the street who had immigrated from Germany and just about how, how to make it when you don't even speak the language where you live. She never did learn how to speak English. Um, I, took, I took German in high school thinking that that would help me communicate with her better. Uh, it was way worse. It, it, it was better we could just fumble through it. But those two as a start, <clears throat> some of my college coaches were phenomenal. And then when I came out here, there was a woman that probably was the most influential in my career because she was the assigner for volleyball officials and then basketball, and she ran the state volleyball tournaments for the association. So that was an immediate in. Again, it was that official's connection. She was very well organized and, and taught me so much about how to get along in that world. It was great. So since we're on here, um, what was her name? Virginia Greenlee. Fantastic. Love to hear those stories. And I um, I appreciate you sharing your story and kind of your journey um, as a child. That's, uh, that's incredible. Um, as you know, we're still celebrating the 50th anniversary of Title IX. So I'll ask you the question of what does Title IX mean to you? Well, I think with Title IX, you never really get to where you're supposed to be. <laughs> so I'd say it's it's striving for a chance. It's creating an opportunity. Um, I felt very lucky, even in small town Montana, I think we were pretty much ahead of the curve with Title IX for opportunities for girls at that time. Um, but I have certainly benefited from the legislation and to see how it has impacted thousands of lives, thousands of girls since that time. So, but But we're still not there. So I say we're still we're still striving for equity. Always room for growth, for sure. What is your philosophy on education-based athletics? I think it is the ultimate foundation for creating a better society. I don't think that's any more apparent than it is right now in this divided country that we are all living in and trying to figure out how to teach kids how to navigate differences of opinion. And I don't think there's any better way of doing that than being on a team with maybe with somebody you would choose not to not to socialize with, but you got to learn how to work together. And that's that's such a, a big life lesson to learn there. So it's it's creating a better society. It's well stated. What is your greatest character trait that has helped you both personally and professionally? I think it's adapt adaptability, being able to adapt and a sense of humor. Can never take yourself too seriously. Especially not in our field. You definitely cannot. What is your greatest professional achievement? Well, I have to say, and my staff members are going to laugh, my fellow staff members, if they ever hear this, is like navigating this changing technology and figuring out how to use it. And rather than fighting it, trying to embrace it. Because it's very it's very challenging. Um but I'm getting there. I'm very proud of some of it, you know, but it's like, you can never be sad. It's just like Title IX. You never get there. <laughs> it just keeps changing too fast. I mean, you saw me trying to figure out how to get onto this new uh, podcast thing that we're using. So I, I uh, felt every bit of that. Yeah, but you did it. You did it. I did it. Well, luckily I had a helper in here. I appreciate Ken uh, making sure I didn't fail miserably. If you could have dinner with anyone living or deceased, who would it be and why? 
would be my mother, my father, and my grandmother. I'd like to spend some time with them and get to know them, especially my mother and father, other than just hearing stories about them. What profession, other than your own, would you like to attempt? I always thought it would be great fun to be a florist because I love the creativity that's involved in that, but I would never want to be in that profession on Christmas, Valentine's Day, or Mother's Day. Because when I get out of this business, I don't want to deal with negativity anymore. Um, and I think it'd be positive except for those three days. You'd have those scheduled off well in advance. Like, nope, I'm off. <laughs> That's fantastic. As far as your professional career goes, what would you consider was your biggest failure? And how, how did you recover from that? We changed our state basketball tournament format in 2010. Well, that seems like a long time ago, but really it wasn't. Um, even though the format has changed a number of times over the years, um, we really um, were the subject of a lot of negative criticism. A lot of things that came out in the media were not only unfavorable, they were um, very disrespectful and untruthful things about me personally. So it became a personal issue. And there were a number of coaches that um, that were involved in that, wrote a letter and put all these things in writing. And so I had their names and I said, I told my boss at that time that if any one of those people was ever assigned to work on a special committee, I was going to quit. And then I had to really think about that because a couple years later, one of them got put on a special committee. And I had to decide if it was worth it to stick to that ultimatum, because that's pretty, pretty major decision there. But I decided I was not going to let them beat me, and I was not going to let them force me out. So I had to learn how to forgive them for that and how to build better relationships with all of them. And, and I will say at this point, it's pretty good, but it took a lot of work. So never set an ultimatum. I'll start off by saying that. Unless you definitely plan to live with it. That's great advice for everybody who's listening to this. Um, you know, it's funny when you want to stick to your guns and then you kind of go, hmm, probably, probably not the best hill to die on, so to speak. So you work with compliance, as we know, at the WIA. If you could be in charge of compliance just in life for one day, what is one rule that you would enforce that all of society would have to adhere to? So kind of a weird question, but uh, interesting nonetheless. <laughs> Thou to people would use the word myself correctly. Drives me crazy. Oh, you're speaking my language, Cindy Adsit. You really are. <laughs> it's maddening. It really is. The number of times you see that used incorrectly. It's like, oh, it's okay to use the word me, and it's okay to use the word I, because it is appropriate. People shy away from it, and I'm like, myself doesn't, it doesn't make sense there. I, that's a great rule. I'm going to double stamp that. Uh, whatever I can do to sign that petition, just send it my way, because I'm with you. What are three words that you would want people to use to describe you? That I'm honest, fair, and that I lead with the heart. And uh, knowing you for, what, 20 years, I think we've known each other. I, I know that all of those things are true. So that's, that's easy. What is one thing that remains as still to do on your bucket list? 
tour the covered bridges in New England. In the fall, I'm assuming. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I it would be best in the fall, but really, I think it would be good at any time of the year. That's awesome. I just Except winter. Maybe I don't want to do it in the winter. No, that, that would be treacherous roads. You don't want to deal with that. We just did one in uh, Indiana, my husband and I, and it was phenomenal. Coming from a place in New Mexico with no water to be able to see, you know, to understand what bridges are even for was the first thing, but it was gorgeous. We did it in the fall and uh, everything looked like a postcard. So I, I hope that you do the New England covered bridges and that you share lots of photos with me because uh, I, I have the same appreciation that you do for them. So our final question of kind of the, the serious side of this interview is, what is one piece of advice that you wish someone would have given you as you began your career? Well, it's kind of a two part. It's, 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 tough. it's tough to not take things seriously or personally in this. And uh, it, it need to, I have to constantly remind myself that when people are upset, they're not mad at me. I am just the vehicle to relay their anger or their um, belief that something should be different. So it's not take it personally and not take it too seriously. That is that is excellent advice and I, I agree. And I do wish somebody would have told me that about 25 years ago. So as you know, from uh, kind of prepping you for this, we're doing a little speed round. This is just something kind of fun to get to know you and your quick response skills. So I'm gonna give you two options on a variety of questions and all you need to do is pick one. All right. So we're gonna jump in. Pepsi or Coke? Coke. <laughs> Summer or winter? Summer. Coffee or tea? Tea. Receive a gift or give a gift? Give. Mountains or beaches? Mountains. Dogs or cats? Dogs. ESPN or HGTV? I don't have either one of them. <laughs> You're like, I don't care. <laughs> Probably ESPN. Okay. Uno or Monopoly? Monopoly. Would you rather see a live play or a movie? Live play. Sunset or sunrise? Sunrise. Pumps or sneakers? Pumps. I think that's a very interesting word. No way, that's not even in my lifetime. Sneakers. <laughs> Chicken or steak? Chicken. Texting or talking? Talking. Waffles or pancakes? Waffles. Podcasts or TED Talks? Neither one. <laughs> I'm feeling like you and I have almost the exact same answers for all of these. <laughs> Instagram or TikTok? I'm not on either one of them either. You're like, no, none. No, I, I don't even want to have it. I do I do have a Facebook page. You do have Facebook. I no, know so that. I can so I can stay in touch with my old friends, which that's what my people keep telling me. Facebook is just for old people. I'm okay with that. That's why I'm on it. It's for old yeah. people. That's where all my people are, reside. Fly or drive? Drive. Zoom or in person? In person. Window or aisle seat? Window. I, I think you and I are we're about 90% matched on our answer, so that's pretty good. We must be, uh, we must have come up through the same era. Um, 
Cindy, that's all the questions we have for you. On behalf of the NFHS Women's Leadership Team, we'd like to thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule. I know you've got fall sports championships coming up and, of course, getting ready for winter sports going on as well. Um, So great to visit with you, my friend. It's been a a long time, and you've definitely been somebody who's been a a role model and a mentor to me, and I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. So thank you for everything you do for interscholastic activities in Washington and across the country. We appreciate you. You bet. It's, uh, I do it because I love it. I and the people did. like you that make it really great. So thank you. Thank you so much and uh, have a good rest of your day.